and welcome to the Physical Preparation Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Robertson, and I'll be joined on the line later today by Aaron Guyette. Now, before we jump into this week's show, give you a quick recap of the week that was, even though the weeks are far less exciting right now in the COVID quarantine than they normally would be. So I'm not going to ramble on too, too long today because I think there's only so many episodes where you can hear me talk about my adventures in grilling and doing puzzles and that sort of thing. But what's been going on? Well, obviously last week was our quote spring break, unquote. So the nice thing there was we got a reprieve from e-learning. However, spring break is now over. So e-learning is back in full effect. And uh, my wife basically planned to take last week off. And so this week she has hammered with clients, which means, you know, we're both scrambling (laughs) once again. So I felt like we had kind of a rhythm and a routine last week, but now I'm quickly realizing that was uh, really just because the kids had a break from school. So what is going on? Well, the cooking thing has hit full steam around here. So last week, Kendall and I were pretty fired up. We made Swedish meatballs one night. We made oven roasted potatoes. We made like this lemonade raspberry bars. So that was really fun. It took us like three hours in the kitchen, but she had an absolute blast with it. So she's loving learning how to cook. So we made that one night, which was a little kit from a company called Radish that does like kids cooking and teaches them how to cook. So it was fun to do that with her. And I think we did like three different types of eggs last week. So we taught her how to do scrambled eggs one day. We taught her how to do fried eggs another and then how to do microwave eggs. So that was fun. And then Saturday got some just awesome fillets from the uh, local butcher shop that's just like five minutes from our house and decided to do like an early Easter slash early wife's birthday kind of dinner. So that was fun. Grilled some awesome bacon wrap fillets, cooked up again some, some potatoes, some Brussels sprouts. It was just a really, really awesome meal. So that was fun. That was a big portion of last week, I feel like, was uh, teaching kiddos how to cook and how to be a little bit more proficient in the kitchen. Lots of puzzles. I mean, Kate is obsessed with puzzles, so he still loves Legos, and Legos are a thing, but right now we have like eight different 500-piece puzzles laying around our house. Not all started at the same time, but you know, just in lieu of being done. So we've been working on those, having a lot of fun with those. And then for me, professionally, I've been cranking out the video content. So if you miss that, I mean, YouTube, Instagram, go there because I'm dropping something. It feels like every single day. I think right now I'm at day 28, maybe, of my my daily videos. So it's getting a little bit harder. Sometimes I just, like, don't plan well enough. So like today, I've got to go and use something that's a little bit older or i got to go in my basement and shoot something because I forgot to shoot something when I was at the gym today. So I'm still working on that, still working on just creating like a rhythm to it, but I feel like the content has been pretty darn good, gotten really good feedback on the fact that there is something coming daily. I know people want content, especially because a lot of you are sitting at home and you don't have other stuff to do, so you might as well be using that time to make yourself a better trainer or coach. So with that being said, that kind of segues nicely into... Last week, I talked about being a speaker and a presenter on the Coaches versus COVID platform. It was like a Zoom podcast type thing, but we had like 1,500 people in the audience on a Friday night at 8 o'clock, so that was awesome. Today, Bill and I decided we're going to just do like an impromptu Zoom call meeting. I think we gave people like seven hours notice, and we had almost 80 people, 
in a Zoom call. So that was fun. And we just got to talk about our response to, to COVID, how we've kind of pivoted at the gym, what he's done to continue seeing PT patients and assessing PT patients virtually. Talked a little bit about the new iFashU because we're really excited about that. But I, I've also gotten feedback from a couple people that are like, hey, it's awesome that you're doing this. Can you give us a heads up if you do anything bigger like that? So I've got two events coming up. You want to probably put on your, your schedule. If you're a soccer fan, you definitely want to be on this first one on the 29th of April. So 4:29, I'm speaking at the Seattle Sounders online event. I believe the time is like 4.30 Eastern, and then I do a Q&A at like 6 p.m. Eastern. So that's going to be a fun talk. Get to talk a little bit about kind of what I view my role as when I'm working in a team environment. And just, I think it's going to be eye-opening in the sense that it's probably not what a lot of people think. When they think of a strength and conditioning coach, especially when they hear that term, strength and conditioning coach, I think the perception is very different from what actually happens behind the scenes. So I'm excited to talk about that. And then the next day, if you're a basketball fan or you want to hear how we work with basketball players, Play Basketball is hosting, I believe it's a Facebook Live. And I'll make sure I get the links in the show notes here. But that's on the 30th of April, and that's at 5 p.m. And then I think I do like another smaller roundtable like two weeks after that. So anyway... All kinds of good stuff coming up. You got the daily content. iFashU is going to be reopening soon. On the 29th, you've got the Sounders event. On the 30th, you've got the Play Basketball event. Because look, this is where I'm at with this. I can't control a lot. I can't control when my gym opens back up. I can't control the fact that, you know, some private clients aren't going to be able to weather this storm, right? And I'm going to lose some people in all this. But my thought process is very simple. Like, I'm going to continue to give. In fact, I'm going to give more possibly than I ever have before with the hope that, you know, when the time is right to work with some of you that, you know, we're going to make that happen because look, man, I got zero to lose here, right? Everybody else is in the same boat. So I'm tripling down on creating content, helping you, trying to make you a better trainer or coach. And so hopefully, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or one of these live events, we're going to get to interact more in the very near future. So quick break, and then we're going to jump into this awesome show with my guy, Aaron. This episode of the Physical Preparation Podcast is brought to you by Momentus. For many years, I simply disregarded the age-old advice of getting liquid protein in either during or after workouts. Part of this was due to the fact that most had so much crap in them, I didn't want to put them in my body. And others might have been high quality, but tasted absolutely disgusting. However, if you're looking for a protein that's not only high quality, but also tastes amazing, you need to check out Momentus. I've been using Momentus for several months now, and I can tell you it's hands down the best tasting protein I've ever had. But it's not just me. I have numerous elite level athletes who are very picky with their protein powders, and every one of them raves about how great Momentus protein shakes taste. And while the taste is amazing, The best part about Momentus is that they're incredibly transparent with what goes into their product. You never have to worry about a tainted or dirty supplement, as all of their products are NSF and Informed Sports certified. If you'd like to try Momentus out for yourself, head over to livemomentous.com forward slash Robertson and use the code Robertson20 to save 20% off your first order. Or if you want to try before you buy, 
Get a free three-pack sample sent to your house by using the Robertson sample code at checkout. Regardless of which option you choose, I guarantee once you try Momentous Protein Shakes, you'll never go back to anything else. Aaron Gayette is a devoted husband, father, Marine Corps Staff Sergeant, combat instructor, education director, and master coach with Living Fit. He is also the founder of Innovative Results, which he sold in 2017, Battle Ropes Education, which he sold in 2019, and Leaders of Leaders. He specializes in helping people develop physical, mental, and spiritual strength that they never thought possible. In this show, Aaron and I bounce around a bunch of different topics. We start with his training philosophy and why if you aren't using battling ropes, you need to start. From there, we hit on the importance of fun and play, both in training and life, how to build better habits, the power of routines, and much, much more. Most importantly, I think Aaron's overarching message really resonated with me, and I hope it will for you as well. But enough for me, let's do this. Aaron, man, thanks so much for coming on the show here today. Super jazzed to talk to you. Could you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, super pumped to be here. Honored. I guess generally we'll just go like quick snapshot, right? Elevator pitch of Aaron. I believe that my purpose on this earth is to develop leaders of leaders. And I've had the great benefit of doing that in the Marine Corps and then got out of the Marine Corps, started a gym in Southern California, owned that gym for 12 years, grew it, grew leaders inside of that gym, and then was able to then start educating people um, so creating like even more impact by actually educating gym owners, educating trainers um, that are that are going to then take that information and, and bring it to uh, clients and customers around the world. I had the great fortune of doing it for a lot of different organizations. Love my wife. Uh, she is incredibly supportive and encouraging in all of the crazy endeavors, like having a baby and then deciding to get my master's at the same time oh, nice. while I'm... Uh, while I'm running a gym, while I'm first starting to serve in the Marine Corps Reserves. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, so she's incredibly supportive and encouraging. I've got a, a daughter that's seven years old, a daughter that's four, and she's about to turn five in like seven days. Oh, nice. Um, and she's like, see, I can color in the lines way better because I'm almost five. <laughs> she's, she's right. And then awesome. I've got a son who is a year and a half. And he is a crazy climbing boy that I was really worried about my firstborn because she is exactly like me, but the female version. Right. Now I'm even more worried because my <laughs> thirdborn is even more like me and he's a boy. So I'm like, oh, great. Got your uh, work cut dude, out for me. you, man. Yeah, it's dude. Full plate. Full plate. Yeah. Oh, Very yeah. cool. So talk to me. Like, What led you to the world of physical preparation? How did you get started working out and doing all this stuff that we do? Yeah. I mean, I've been doing it in high school. Uh, I like, so I've been running, uh, since I like, I I ran just because I liked running, which I know it Mm. sounds like really weird. And yeah, I don't (laughs) think we can be friends, dude. (laughs) I I can't be friends with that. I just, I actually just ran a marathon with my wife and I was like, why did I do this? This Oh my gosh. So was yeah really into just the the physical prowess of the human body, but kind of had no clue. Did weights in high school, and you know played a bunch of different sports and whatever. Uh, joined the Marine Corps, and the Marine Corps is like, we're gonna make you stronger by breaking you down and just yes. like just like crushing you. Um, <laughs> got out of, got out of the Marine Corps, 
and realize that there's actually a better ways to, you know, build people's strength, build people's conditioning, that we can actually kind of follow some guidelines that are right in line with our physiology and, and biology. Um, so started to, to study that and, and actually just helping people for free. And I was stuck in, a, in an office doing a, an Uber corporate gig and I, I was still helping people and still serving right. people like I was in the Marine Corps because um, it was a cancer uh, lab that I was working at. But it was I was so disconnected from the person and so disconnected from like actual like, you know, seeing people get better in terms of whether it's physio- physiologically or, psycho- or psychologically. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to start training. So I started at a, at a huge chain gym and thought, man, I, I feel like I can do this better. And it's funny, you know, so I got in physical preparation and, and, and that as, as kind of an aesthetic type mm-hmm. of a thing. And I'm going to change people's bodies, but then quickly realized that the mind is inextricably connected to the body. And so when I change somebody's body, inevitably, it will intrinsically and automatically change their brain and, and how they think about themselves, their confidence. And I fell in love with that. And I mean, I, I could never go back. Yeah, no, I love that. So, so now kind of fill in those gaps, because you're in a different place now than when you were when you started where you're just training clients and doing that. So walk me through training clients and opening a gym and kind of where you're at now. Yeah, so yeah, when I got started, it was like all the wrong ways to do it. It was like cold calls. I was doing a thousand cold calls a month at least, oh right? Uh, to build to build clientele, which which actually I learned a lot. And I, yeah. learned, I learned how to handle no uh, yeah. mainly. Yeah. So just doing that and then like fat shaming and death shaming people into signing up, which I was told that that's how you're supposed to do it. And I just felt so uncomfortable right. doing it that way. But then after a while, just from the things that I learned from my mom and dad, which was just hard work and discipline and staying focused, I was able to build not only a clientele, but then a wait list at this particular chain gym in Southern California. And that was in a, in a matter of a couple of months. And I really, I like, I didn't have uh, my bachelor's degree at the time. I barely had a, a certification, you know, and it was probably like the cheapest, cheesiest certification. I, I can't even remember what it was called, like <laughs> NCCPT or I don't know, something. Anyway, it was good. It got me started. Right. Right. And I felt like, man, I feel like I could do this better because of, you know, some of the like hard sales and stuff like that that, that we were doing. And so I left uh, that place and just and started training one client in my apartment. I, I wanted to I wanted to do right by the the contract that I signed. Later, finding out that you know in California it's an, it's you know non compete state, so it doesn't really matter. Right. But I just wanted to do right by them, so didn't take any clients with me and had to start all the way over again. Oh my gosh! Uh, in a in an apartment gym, you know, with what was innovative results. You know, my first idea of my company, right. um, my organization and like, man learned through the school of hard knocks again. And still, uh, that it's a, a lot harder to market and get clients and, and to get clients to stay with you. And, you know, all of those, all of those things that we learn as, as businessmen and also trainers. Right. Yep. And so <clears throat> started obviously just uh, dove headfirst into continuing education was, uh, doing a bachelor's in business management at the same time. So taking like one cert every single six months and then going out and, and you know, seeking masterminds weren't cool until a couple of years later. Cause that was like 2000, 
2004, 2005. And, and yeah. it, they were probably getting started. But yes. So a couple of years later, you know, got into masterminds, met Luca, met, you know, some of the bigger names or whatever that we see now. But yeah, so then just built that up ended up going uh, independent contractor route at a at a really rad place called Next Level Fitness in in uh, Irvine and that place actually we kind of started this mastermind so we would meet at like 4 in the morning because <laughs> our first clients were at 5 right we would talk we, we would learn about each other's like woes and problems and business and in retention and in programming and training and coaching and you know all these things and man it was such a fruitful time as a, as a coach and, and to be educated also as a business person. And so immediately we would just apply it. Like, and that was back when like we were using Craigslist and crushing it on Craigslist or, or, you know, using Facebook and crushing it. Uh, like, I don't even, Facebook wasn't even, it was MySpace I think at the time, <laughs> uh, but crushing it on that. And then turning from a, a one-on-one model to a small group model because you can get more people and still give them personalized programs and, and then lower the, you know, the cost the of the barrier point, to yeah. entry and, you know, all these things, uh, it, it just super rad. And, and then I grew to so many clients that I, I had to hire another trainer. I had 120 clients. And so I was like, I better get another trainer to be able to handle this load. So hired my first trainer, hired my second trainer, hired my third trainer, um, partnered with a couple of guys, moved out from their independent contractor out of another place. Then we had like 18 locations uh, throughout oh Orange gosh. County. And then 2008 bubble hit, bam! And just like, we went sideways, cut, everything got cut in half. And, uh, and that was brutal. But then what we did was we just centralized. We ended up getting our first brick and mortar by we. Uh, so my business partner at the time, Corey Beasley, he owns Bike Camp Conditioning now. I, I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. I'm sure you have, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we we partnered in a brick and mortar space, and um, and then just kept growing and, and developing our team. And then California came out and kind of hit us with another hard one, where you, you basically the the whole employee independent contractor thing was like wonky. And so essentially, if you had anybody that was training under your roof, you they were basically employees. So to keep from getting sued or anything like that. I just changed it to an employee model, which was really tough. But what I learned in that was that leadership development and trainer development and continuing education is important. And and just, even though I wasn't able to pay the highest amount, I wasn't paying the lowest amount. um, But we were constantly just feeding into our team and, and trying to give our team systems and, you know, all of the handles to move their businesses along, even if it was kind of now under the, under the umbrella of our business together, but, you know, creating ownership with those uh, trainers and coaches. And so about at that, at that time, you know, Corey Beasley went off to do um, fight camp conditioning. And then I, I started developing it on my own and then, and then got basically hit up by Onnit Academy to, to be an educator. And Onnit Academy was like, hey, we, we would really love for you to teach battle ropes curriculum, write the two-day curriculum and teach it uh, for Onnit Academy, uh, would you be interested in doing that? And I said, well, you know, honestly, I, I've got to, I've got to pay, you know, pay credit where credit is due. And and I, I would have to call John Brookfield because he's the reason why I got into battle ropes. So gave John Brookfield a call. Um, I did his level one, level two, right? Because yeah. we were always bringing in experts to our, to our gym space at the time. And he was basically, you know, I, I gave him the idea. I was like, look, I'm not going to teach what you taught. What I have, what I've discovered is that the variables that, that we use to 
um, increase and decrease power output from a mechanical physics standpoint in, you know, barbell and, and body weight and whatever, I've figured that out with waves and actually studying wave physics. And so if, if I can, if I can teach that, then people have a, a solid way to train power, to train strength, to train endurance and, and a solid way to actually quantify that training with ropes instead of just getting people tired. And I want to bring that to everybody. And, and hey, every single time I talk about ropes, I, you know, I'm, of course, I'm going to talk about you because you're the, you're the reason. He was like, oh, that sounds amazing. Just let me know if you need any help. And so then it was off to the races with the education. Um, yeah. in it. Uh, my wife was like, we are moving back to home, which is for her is Northern California. And we were in Southern California. So I had to I had to mourn the loss of selling innovative results early. And then ended up, yeah, selling innovative results, moving up north, and just going sole educator, and that's where I'm at now. Uh, obviously, not with Onnit Academy anymore. They centralized right. Austin. I, I wasn't going to move to Austin. My wife's like, not no, but hell no. It's the same, <laughs> same response she gave when I was like, how about we move to North Idaho, where I grew up? She's right. Like, not no, but hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. And I'm going to come back to this battling ropes comment because there's some stuff I want to unearth there. But before we dive into that, let's start with a really general question because, you know, you're known for ropes, but I mean, you ran an incredibly successful gym. So would you mind by just giving us like an overview of your overarching philosophy when it comes to training people? Because I think that's valuable for a lot of people. Yeah. So if we're talking sort of gin pop, which is our average clientele, you know, so these are stay-at-home moms and dads, middle manager, men and women, um, upper management, men and women, and then even even entry-level men and women, and entry-level into whatever job or career that they're doing. We all have, are plagued by the couch, computer, car, and cell phone, right? And 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 just just very sedentary lifestyles. Kind of look at and, and deliver to each client. To our, our thought was like, let's improve their quality of life, and so. Actually, one of the one of the greatest things that I believe Innovative Results is still doing is kind of providing recess for adults, mm. right? And yep. and so adults like we we feel like that, oh we have to stop playing. But the thing is, if you look at any other animal out there, you know they're playing even into their old old age, yep. and it does help with their you know keeping their brain sharp, it, keeping their body sharp. And, and we feel like we have to put it aside. Oh, I'm an adult now. I'm adulting. So I'm going to put away play. <laughs> so we, we called it, you know, the fitness playground. Mm. And so it was a lot of open space, a, a lot of learning to use your body in the ways that you used your body on recess, right? Like yep. getting up on bars and doing monkey bars and ropes and, and battle ropes and kettlebells and, you know, throwing weight around and picking up sandbags and, you know, using partner stuff, which uh, unfortunately during COVID-19, you just have to use your family as your partner. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but, but yeah, so bring in, bring in fun into, uh, into fitness again and, and kind of changing the way people look at it instead of thinking about it, like, you know, we're American. So it's like, oh, we're going to work. We're going to work at work and then I'm going to go work out for my workout and I'm going to work and, and I'm going to get better. And <clears throat> while all those things are, I think, totally solid and, and, and good, can we infuse some play back into it and, and make it fun? Um, and then can we make sure that we're, we're moving in all of our planes of motion? Are we creating conditioning and capacity in all of our energy systems or, or metabolic pathways? 
right? So this is kind of, again, generally sweeping across the board. Now, obviously, with specific clients with specific needs, you you specialize and you, you write specialized programming and stuff. But sure. generally speaking, I should be able to, you know, have uh, capacity of, of power, I should be able to access power when I need it, if it's to get out of the way of a, a moving bus, save my child, or, you know, do an explosive vertical jump. Uh, I should I should have access to that. I should have access to basic strength. Can I can I lift up you know these heavy groceries without hurting myself, um, or these these heavy things in my garage without hurting myself? Or you know can I move this other body that you know in in sport uh, effectively? And then can I do things for long periods of time and not get totally wasted, uh, <laughs> you know physically? Yeah. And, and then can I do it in all ranges of motion? All, all planes of motion and do it competently. So when I get to my end range, it's not a vulnerable position because I've trained that position enough times. And so just, or just always thinking through those kind of general things with, with all of the programming and then so fun. And then on the other end of that teaching, like the human loves to learn. Yep. And so the, the better you teach those specific things that you're training them, the better the walking billboard and talking billboard you have out there, yeah. right? They go out and they're able to say the things that you're doing. They're able to articulate it well, because, you know, when you're teaching it, you're not, you know, if you, if you dive, I have this problem all the time. You, I dive too deep into the science and people are like, what the hell are you talking about? So can I simplify it? So people, boom, they pick it up quick right? and they're able to then relay that to other, to other people. And all of a sudden now you got people coming at you saying, Hey, I want to get what, you know, that person got, um, you know, they have, they have access to power like never before, it, it, you know, instead of saying, you know, their phosphagen metabolic pathway, <laughs> right. right. It's like, like, okay, that's cool. But, and, and we could teach that too, but <clears throat> you know, how can we simplify it for better traction? Right. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. So now let's take this dive because we were emailing before the show and I'd like to ask, you know, what things are you passionate about? What are you interested in? What are you learning about? And in our email exchange, you made a pretty bold statement that went something like this. Battling ropes are the most powerful training tool you're not using. So I would yeah. love for you to expand on that a little bit. So, you know, talking about everything that we just talked about, right? Yep. Seeing like, hey, I need, I need to create power, strength, endurance, kind of the general terms, right, yeah. of the metabolic pathways in all ranges of motion and all planes of motion for all of my joint complexes and, and tissues, yep. right? Nervous tissue, so, uh, soft tissue, muscular tissue. So how do those things adapt? Well, we know they adapt with force, but none of them, none of those cells, none of that tissue says, Hey, I need a barbell only in order to create an adaptation. It's just, they just react and respond to the force loads that we put through it. So specific adaptation to impose demands. If I'm using specific adaptation to impose demands, I just need to impose those demands in the ways in which uh, my body moves, right? To create that, that adaptation. So what if you had a tool that you could move in whichever way you wanted to move it, you could quantify the variables that you use with that tool to understand when you've increased the power output so much that you're now working with and creating adaptations for that the power capacity or the strength capacity or the endurance capacity. So obviously you need to learn a little bit of work rest ratios and, and things like that. Sure. And then just ensure that, yeah, I'm actually hitting those high power outputs 
Um, and so if, if, you know, force is mass times acceleration, force times distance over time is power output. If I could see in a wave, those variables that we use all the time, even if you aren't calculating it like a nerd like me, <laughs> when you're using it with body weight or barbell or dumbbell or kettlebell or whatever, we're using it all the time when we coach, we're queuing yeah. with it and, and all this stuff, right? And we're program, writing programs with it. So what if I could see those variables in a wavelength? Yeah. And then I knew when the wave, when the wave got bigger, that now I'm increasing my distance part of that equation, right? As the wavelength you know, shrinks and gets tighter, then I'm actually reducing the amount of time. So increasing speed, right. reducing the time, which increases power output. If I, if I have more mass in that wave, right. If I'm moving more mass in that wave, or I go, I upgrade from an inch and a half battle rope to a two inch or two inch to a three inch, right. That I'm increasing the mass part of the force in, in the equation. And then also anytime I'm adjusting distance and, and time, I'm also adjusting that acceleration piece of the mass times acceleration. So if I can see that in a wavelength, well, now I can coach it, quantify it, program it, and I can get power if I want to train power. And I can do it in whichever range of motion that that battle rope can move or strength, and I can do it in whichever range of motion that battle rope can move. So now I can move not just sagittally bilaterally, you know, which is the norm, right, for, right. for most of our movement stuff that we do in, in gyms, but I can move in the, through the transverse plane, I can move through the, through the frontal plane, and, and not to say that we can't do that with our body's weight or sandbags or, you know, other tools. Absolutely we can, but I can, I can absolutely do it with just one battle rope, one inch and a half, 50 foot long battle rope. I can now just, if I know how to, you know, if I get the person to walk forward, now they have to move more of the mass of that rope, right? And they're going to have to move it faster in order to get those waves to go all the way to the end. That means their wave is going to be bigger, right? That means their wave is going to be faster. So now I'm, I'm adjusting those variables and I can adjust it on the fly. It doesn't take as long to, you know, take the weight off, put new weight on, you know, in, any of those things. And again, not to, I'm not poo-pooing those other tools. I use those tools all the sure. time and love, but if, if we really understood what's going on with the battle rope, oh, oh we would be using it all the time. Yeah. Um, but no, we just see it as a finisher in upper body cardio oh, or dude. something like that. Dude, that's, <laughs> uh, and, and I'm going to just hold my hand up here and admit the fact that like, that's how I use it. And, and honestly, it's great hearing you talk about all this because I hadn't really thought of it in that way. And I'm going to have to dig more into this because, yeah, I'll be honest, like a lot of my athletes say, oh, man, I kind of torch their legs. They want a little bit of a street pump. Let's just do some battling ropes and finish it off. They get a little bit of gun show and, you know, yeah. we can just go on about our day, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. No, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to dig more into that. I mean, well, I, well I'll, I'm going to give you free access to the fundamentals course that we have and that advanced course that we have. Yes. So then you can just nerd out, dive into it head first and, I love and it. let me know what you think for sure. I yeah. love it, man. Thank you. So I feel yeah. like just talking training with you, though, would be a disservice because you're such a well-rounded guy. You've got this wide range of experiences. So I want to switch gears a little bit and we're going to jump around. But I want you to talk to me first about this leaders of leaders concept. What does that mean? Yeah, so it actually came from a Gallup poll article. It was this whole idea of, you know, instead of being a leader to gain followership and just have people do what you're telling them to do. So instead of seeking to be served as a leader, you're seeking to serve and, and create other leaders. Imagine 
imagine the dynamic, imagine the social impact, national impact, international impact that, that if every single leader that was in a leadership position took it upon themselves, took responsibility and said, every person that's in my sphere of influence to include my wife and my kids, but, but especially, you know, as well in business, right. Or in, in a church or in government or in the military, right. If I, in, in my spheres of influence, if I poured into them to help develop them as leaders, how, how much more impact would that make? I mean, and that was the reason for me shifting to being an educator. It's like, how much more impact can, can I make now in, in the fitness industry if I'm teaching, you know, if I'm teaching other people that are teaching other people, yep. right? And so it was this whole idea of leaders of leaders. And so, and, and what's, you know, what's behind leaders of leaders? And, and to be honest, it's, it's kind of a passion project and it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm studying philosophy. I'm studying why why humans believe what they believe, what is belief, you know, you know, all these things yeah. to, to really try to, for me to understand like, okay, what is leadership? You know, what's my understanding of leadership? What's my identity in leadership? And then how do I help develop other leaders and, you know, other leaders that, that you have under you or around you, they're, they're going to have different strengths. They're going to have different personalities. They're going to have, you know, a, a different character. So how do I work with that to get, the most out of that person, like the way I'm going to, uh, the way I'm going to develop my first daughter is totally different than how I'm going to develop my second daughter. They're like right. two totally different human beings. Yes. And so how, how can I create a leader out of each one of them that is looking forward to developing leaders in their spheres of influence and in their lives? Yeah, no, that's cool. And I feel like this is going to be somewhat maybe cut from the same cloth. But another thing that we were talking about before the show was this idea of post-traumatic growth. So talk yeah. to me a little bit about that. Yeah, and so that that actually predated the leaders of leaders, predated even innovative results and my being an educator in the okay. fitness industry. And it really, like I had post-traumatic stress disorder. I, I had PTSD, right? I, I Like I... I went to combat and saw a bunch of stuff. And it's funny, I, I'll talk to some of my buddies, some of my Marine buddies or whatever that we went to combat with who share some of the same experiences, some of the same woes. And then we also talk about, man, I, you know, I've learned so much about PTSD. I realized that I had PTSD from my childhood, you know, mm. and I, I experienced like traumatic scenarios that have changed the way my brain works, you know, now. But the, the cool part is we as humans our, our brains are so plastic, right? We have such neuroplasticity that we don't have to stay victim to the trauma that we experience. We can, we can change PTSD into PTG and we can actually learn to grow from that trauma and, and have those be, have those failings or those, or those situations that we just found ourselves in or whatever that were so traumatic or happened to us that were so traumatic and, and how can we learn from them and become better human beings after the fact? And so then that's this whole idea of post-traumatic growth. And, and they're, they're just starting to kind of skim the surface or, or start to dive into this whole idea of PTSD and PTG because of, you know, all these uh, combat vets that are coming back mm -hmm. from Afghanistan and Iraq. But it was around, you know, far before that. It's, it, it's happening in homes, you know. If there's sexual abuse, if there's physical abuse, if there's verbal abuse, emotional abuse, you know, all this stuff, it's 
those are all traumatic experiences as well. Getting into a car accident, traumatic experience. It's going to change the way our brain works a little bit, you know, stuff like that. So, so yeah, I'm just, I'm like, again, I'm just a a perpetual white belt um, and just always (laughs) trying to learn, you know, like, uh, okay, how can, how can I change the way that I experience this scenario or, or view or, or have perspective on this scenario and, and then I happened to get involved with uh, something called the Special Forces Experience. And you could find them at thespecialforcesexperience.com. And then we just uh, came out with something called Way of Trials <clears throat> or Way of the Trials. And basically, it's, it's harnessing this idea of post-traumatic growth. And so it's on purpose putting people through a traumatic experience with obviously boundaries, things like yeah. that, so we don't hurt people. But putting them through a traumatic experience so that they can grow into being better humans, better men, and better better contributors in in our society, uh, better better business owners, better uh, military, uh, better veterans. You know, all it's it it spans the spectrum right. um, of of the type of person. Um, and so I, I I like I feel like I'm just bo- the boots on the ground. Like I get to look at it from a forty thousand foot view when I study it and, and think about it. But then I get to also be boots on the ground and just watch you know, as it happens and, and see how it happens differently for each person. And man, I just, I love that as a, as an opportunity because that's, that's my narrative. You know, that's yeah. my story. So, so. And it's, uh, it's funny that you say that because I literally wrote that word down. When we start talking about this, I feel like it's really instructive if we learn about the stories that either we tell ourselves or that other people tell themselves and, and how they look at those stories, right? Because like you just alluded to, you can look at the same story through a lot of different lenses and it can impact yeah. you differently based on that. So oh, yeah. I think that's just a really important thing if you haven't done this. Um, and maybe I think as you get older, there's this natural inclination to kind of pull back the layers of the onion, so to speak, or peel yeah. back the layers of the onion of yourself. But when you're younger, maybe you don't have just that that level of self-awareness to like really peel things back and try and think about, okay, like why am I the way that I am? What stories am I telling myself and how are they impacting me either positively or negatively? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. So this will kind of lead seamlessly into my next topic because I know you're big on belief systems, but then you even take it a step further and you don't talk about just like understanding them, but actually using them to build your life. So would you take us down that rabbit hole a little bit of taking your belief systems and then using that to create a better life for yourself? Yeah. So like you said, you know, peeling back the onion. And so I started asking my question, myself these questions, like, what do I believe in and, and why do I believe in that? And is my belief in that, is that helping me, you know, be a, be a better you know husband to my wife or be a better father to my children or be a better business owner to uh, my business? a better, you know, chief instructor to my Marines that I'm instructing. And if it's not, okay, why is that? And am I able to adjust it and and change it? And then really, you know, beliefs. So you, you build your, we build our belief system and oftentimes it just happens to us. Right. But, but inevitably we still choose into it, um, whether we subconsciously choose into it or, or consciously choose into it. And then our belief systems sort of build us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or the same could be said with our habits, like we, right? And, and I think that's like a James Clearian thing, right? It's like, yep. you know, we choose our habits and then our habits, you know, basically become us. You know, yes. that's, that's who we become. And I probably totally ruined it in my paraphrase, but. <laughs> yes, no, no, we know what you mean. 
<laughs> but, but yeah, so that, I mean, that's absolutely it. And so, you know, I'm constantly like, you know, why do we exist? Why am I here? Uh, what is my purpose? What are my values? Why do I value them? And then, and then I think most importantly, it's like, okay, once you've got those kind of core beliefs, it's like, okay, what does that look like when you're walking it out? And probably the simplest way I've been able to have actual control in this is, okay, let's create some, some disciplines or let's create some, a morning routine and, and have this morning routine, not just be, you know, most people it's like, yeah, that you're going to naturally brush your teeth and not really have to think about it. But what if you took like brushing your teeth, shower, making your bed and then meditating and then, you know, journaling stream of conscious journaling or something like that, and then studying. And then what if those just became automatic, just like brushing your teeth, uh, I, I know for a fact that that's going to change the course of your life for the rest of your life. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I started, I started with just like a simple saying, I'm awake, I'm alive, I'm energized as my, and now it's turned into like, essentially when I moved to Northern California, it was like, okay, when I negotiate my terms for, uh, the educate, uh, education director position at living.fit, how am I going to ensure that I can keep this morning routine, keep these habits protected so that I, I know that I'm going to serve living that fit better. I'm going to serve my family better. I'm going to serve you know all uh, my church better. I'm going to serve all these people in my life, all these spheres of influence better. And so it, what's funny is my morning routine kind of was like my, you know, splash in the face with cold water to, to get me to just be a little bit more energized for my clients. Hmm. Uh, and then it became like, no, this is the way that I'm going to develop who I am for the rest of my life. And so now it's something that I absolutely covet. Of course, I have kids, so I've got to wake up at 4.30 in the morning to really do it. Right. But this morning, I woke up 4.30 in the morning. I was done with my morning routine at 6.30 and then was able to you know, drive to a place with better Wi-Fi than my mountain Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then hop on, you know, hop on this podcast. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So I'm a little out of order here, but now I want to know, can you give us some insight into what well, you already talked about why morning routines are important, but talk to us about your morning routine and maybe how you settled on that. Yeah. So uh, again, so this has been in development for about 15 years. I give that caveat because I'm like, don't don't feel like you got to do two hours for your morning routine because obviously you're probably going to fail, right? Just right. like the person, I'm going to lose 30 pounds in 10 days. Like, nah, well, right. probably <laughs> yourself in 30 days is what's right. going to happen. Yeah, so it, it started with just kind of words of affirmation and then it was words of affirmation connected to like a vision for my future. Okay. And then that just started to kind of expand and, and grow. Um, as a Christian, you know, for me, it was like, okay, now part of my words of affirmation is going to be, you know, time with God. So scripture and prayer. Yep. And then, you know, the, the next thing it's like, okay, not only vision for my future. So what's my best possible future, which is like a positive neuroplasticity training thing that we can do. But also then I want gratefulness you know, because I, I, I want my brain to automatically see all of the good things, even when I'm in the midst of this horrible storm, right? right? Like, for instance, the midst of COVID-19 or whatever, it's like, right. I just, I can't help but see the silver linings, like the human innovation and the human unity and yeah. all these good things that are happening because, you know, conditioning myself with a morning routine that's building that positive neuroplasticity training and reinforcement <clears throat> than that. And then, 
of course, obviously I, I want to be fit. So I'm going to, I'm going to put some exercise into that. I, I'm not getting any younger, so I need to maintain my mobility and stability. Right. So I'm, I'm going to work that into it. I love coffee. So I'm going to actually, I'm going to pour a cup of coffee and just savor it. Yeah. Um, my wife's love language is acts of service. So I'm going to do the dishes, you know, during that. And so I just always trying to, okay, let's, let's pull out to 40,000 foot view. And this kind of just, I think uh, a gift that I've, I've been given as my brain works, I'm hyper analytical. So I'll do 40,000 foot view, 10,000 foot view boots on the ground, 40,000 foot view, 10,000 foot view boots, boots on the ground. So from a 40,000 foot view, what is my morning routine doing for the people around me in my life and for my future? Yeah. Um, and, and their future. And then, you know, 10,000 foot view, okay, gets a little bit closer this week. These particular relationships that I need to develop and connect with, you know, how do I, how do I look amazing uh, with uh, when I'm talking with Mike Robertson, you know, <laughs> uh, and then, and then uh, in that day, how is my wife going to receive the love that I'm trying to, to share with her? Sure. Right. I love it. So this kind of tails with that as well, because I know one other thing that you're very passionate about is this idea of habit formation. And obviously this is a, a very popular thing on the internet these days and just in the world. So if somebody wants to improve their habits or cultivate better habits, what are some tips or tricks that you might use there to help them out? So start small and win big, you know, start small so you can be consistent. Being consistent means you're going to win big because yeah. consistency is it. You know, if I can consistently save a dollar a day, I'm going to have a lot of money at the at the end of the year, right? Or, yep. or rather, I should say, invest a dollar a day. Yep. I'm going to have a lot more money at the end of the year. Um, then, if I'm okay, once I get that bonus, then I'm going to go ahead and invest that. And it's like, eh, what if you don't get the bonus? Uh, right. What if when you get the bonus, something happens? You know, like there's you're just leaving way too much up for chance. Whereas, you know, consistency is going to be better served in small doses. And so, yeah, just always, always starting small. And so think about like, is it fitness? Is it, is it mental? Is it like, just pick one, don't pick 20, just pick yep. one and then, and then do that thing. And, and so in the same way that I would, I would change somebody's diet, I would say, Hey, I want you to replace one bad thing that you could, that you could see yourself never touching again. Right. I like, I don't need to touch chips for the rest of my life or I don't need to touch and maybe you do so that's right. not the one uh, I don't need to touch pop or soda or coke or whatever you call it from whatever region yeah. you're in <laughs> right for the rest of my life so so then it's like okay what am I going to replace it with okay I'm going to replace it with you know 20 ounces of water or something like that um, every time I have a craving for it and so I'm going to do that consistently for a month and if at the end of the month I'm not thinking about it and I'm just naturally doing it, then I can choose a new a new habit. I can choose a new uh, food replacement or, or whatever it might be. And then in two years, your diet is completely changed, right? right? You've done a 180 on your diet, and you and you don't feel any different. You don't feel like it was difficult or rough or hard or you know whatever. Yeah, and so and so the same exact thing with habits. Like, what's the one thing that I can do if if you love coffee? How are you going to earn your coffee tomorrow? Do I need to do five minutes of stream of conscious journaling and then I can pour that cup of coffee? And, and cause you know, cause I want to, I want to peel the onion back. Yeah. Um, or am I going to spend five minutes being grateful, you know, thinking about all the things that I'm grateful for in my life before I pour that cup of coffee. 
Um, I'll usually do stuff like that. Like I'll hold my coffee hostage. Like I have to drink 20 ounces of water before I can have a cup of coffee. Right. Well, now I drink 20 ounces of water every morning. And it was amazing how actually that helps, uh, get the GI tract moving way more than coffee uh, oh, yeah. did. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's the, it's so the whole, like that. yeah, no, it's the whole like cue habit reward. Right. I think Absolutely. that was Charles Duhigg's book, but yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the things too, that, you know, we have like the cue and the habit a lot of times, but we don't always give ourselves the reward. Yeah. So it doesn't work nearly as well. If you don't have that reward on the back end to kind of bring it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Q routine reward. Q, that yeah, was right? it. That was that, it. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, but it's so, and those are the two books that I would recommend too. Charles Duhigg's The Power of Habit, and then yep. after you read that, because it's going to dive deeper into the science, then James Clear, and then James Clear Atomic Habits, because yes. he's going to put some fat handles on that science. Yeah. No, I yeah. love that, man. All right, my guy. Yeah. Big question time. If you could Uh-oh. alter the space-time continuum and give young Aaron Guyette one piece of advice about training and/or life what would it be? Uh, it would be to listen to your wise counsel because I, 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 that came late for me. And the thing is young Aaron would, would be like, whatever, bro, <laughs> not listen. but if he could listen, right. Then man, if I would have just listened to my wise counsel, I would, it would have saved me from so much heartache and pain, yeah. um, which the heartache and pain is the reason why I am who I am nowadays. So I, you know, I'll, I'll never, I'll never take it back, but I do regret things. And I do think, man, that's really, that really sucks. But yeah, that would be, that would be the thing right there. Yeah. That's good advice, man. All right, my guy, last but not least lightning round, four questions, fairly short in nature. You can make your answer as long or short as you'd like. All right. Yep. Number one, what's your career highlight so far? It could be as a coach, as an educator, Really, what stands out to you as far as what you've done in the fitness industry? Yeah, I was trying to think like accolades and events and, and stuff like that and travel and whatever. But to be honest, like the the thing that kept just popping up is like, and it happens, it happens often, but it's seeing the light bulb go on in somebody's head about mm. something that I'm trying to teach them or train them or coach them in and yeah. seeing that, that light bulb going on is man it's incredible I, I like it's a drug you know it's like so amazing yes number two and we kind of already covered this but what made you really like take that plunge other than maybe your wife of going from gym owner to educator was there something that was just like man i think i'm ready for this change like professionally yeah it's sort of i sort of you know happened across it and then, but then as I was doing it, the cool part was, you know, it, it, they, they crossed, right. I was yeah. able to educate for the last two or three years of, of owning a gym. But what I realized is my impact for people was just going to be far greater because I'm, I'm now teaching trainers and coaches that, you know, they have hundreds of people that yeah. they're connecting with. Um, and so I just thought, man, like I would be doing a disservice if I didn't move into education just from an impact standpoint. Yeah, I love it. Okay, number three. I'm excited to hear about this one. Talk to me a little bit about your squad. I mean, I know these are like your people, right? Yeah, so my wife, she basically, when she we had kids, she was like, I'm going to, I want to, I'm going to do like the opposite of what modern uh, women are, are telling me to do or whatever. And I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. I want to invest heavily into our kids so it wasn't even that she did it for me, you know, she just, she did it because she felt like, man, this is really 
what I feel like I'm called to do. Yeah. And I, I want to be there every step of the way. Well, she also lost her mom oh uh, when she was 23 years old. Yeah. So, uh, so she spent a, a ton of time with her mom and then losing her mom, it just showed her how important connecting with the kids were or with yeah. our children uh, was before we even had kids. And so she just wanted to make that the highest priority. And then along the way, she just became super supportive and encouraging of, of essentially anything that I was doing that was, you know, providing or protecting or, or creating a, a better environment and bringing more love into the home. So yeah, and, and we just continually like we're not perfect and we have our tiffs and things like that sure. but we just continually invest in each other you know i give her my 100% she gives me her 100% and that i think is just an incredible example to our kids and then yeah like my first daughter hannah like did you ever see the movie hannah uh uh-uh. hannah that was a that was a bad kill hannah <laughs> like this dad basically like <laughs> trains her kid in like fighting and survival and okay. like archery and like all these like crazy things to just make her like this kind of like super soldier or whatever. Right. And and so that's kind of obviously not as uh, militant and not as like crazy or whatever, right. but that's kind of like my thought with my daughters. And I'll, I'll have friends tell me that all the time, like, bro, it's going to, I'm, I'm kind of afraid to see how your daughter is when she's 16 years old. Like I'm afraid for the guy that tries to make a move and she doesn't want him to make a move. Right. <clears throat> and, uh, and so, yeah, like I get up, I get to walk my kids through, you know, like archery and, and self-defense. Like yesterday we, we spent about an hour wrestling and then learning like basic jujitsu, but then also like the importance of self-defense and like violence. And I know it, it sounds like horrible or whatever, but it's like, man, if you're, you're getting hurt or whatever, like there has to be an incredible amount of violence to to stop this person from doing, but then more importantly, you should be head on a swivel seeing the anomalies in the environment and you should be putting yourself in those situations. So learning those things too. And then of course, like for me, reading is, is one of like my most like coveted things. Like it's, this is where I get to learn from other people's mistakes and truly listen to wise counsel on pages, you know, yes. and stuff like that. And, and so to watch my first daughter learn how to read and now like reading. And then my second daughter is now learning how to read. Like ju- it's just such an incredible experience. And yeah. then for all of them, like watching them learn how to manipulate and deal with this thing called gravity in the ground. Right. <laughs> yes. And it's just, it's just so cool to watch the development and see how it's different with each one too, right? Yeah. And, and now our third is really, he's really trying to pretend that gravity doesn't exist. Yes. So I'm i am incredibly grateful that he has a thick skull like mine. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like so afraid <laughs> that he's going to hurt himself yes. with it, like beyond repair. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I just, I mean, I love I love them almost more than anything, right? I mean, God yeah. is the the... the the thing I love more than, than my wife and my kids, but, but man, like I would do anything for him. I had a buddy call me the other day and he, he thought that the Marine Corps was getting stood up. He's like, Hey man, are you getting activated? Cause this COVID-19 thing or whatever. Right. And I was like, no. And I, I, you know, I probably shouldn't say this on air or whatever, but I'm going to anyways. But I'm like, uh, but honestly, if they tell me, they tell me that I've, I've got to go. It's like, I'm going to tell them to kick rocks because I got to be here with my family during this, during right. this thing. I guess my time is done in the Marine Corps. I've served 16 years. I guess I'm, I'm early retirement. Then I guess I don't get to collect, uh, 
collect the, right. the retirement that I want. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen. And, and the position that I'm in, we wouldn't get activated for something like that. We would get activated to train people. So that's that's probably not the scenario. But I was like, I mean, that's how much like yeah. my family, you know. No, I respect that a lot, man. That's why I wanted you to talk about that a little bit. Very cool. Okay, last but not least, number four, what's next for Aaron Guyette? What are you working on? What are you excited about? Anything. Yeah, so living.fit, we're, we're going to be launching some pretty rad programs um, to be able to utilize kettlebells, to be able to utilize battle ropes in ways that obviously most trainers and coaches as well as, as clients don't know how to use them. Wayoftrials.com is basically like 12-week trials to to help create self-transcendence, to not be the victim, you know, to, to see PTG instead of PTSD, as well as going up into the Canadian bush and, and doing the something called the process, which is like an eight-day special forces experience. Um, so it's like you're in a selection. It is, I mean, it is something that is fantastic, radical, incredible uh, to be a part of. And so actually because of all this COVID-19, I think it just got shifted to October. It was in May. So that eight-day experience got shifted to October. And uh, and then, yeah, the way of the trials is like the the virtual version of that, if you will. And then leaders of leaders, like it's it's the project that's on the back burner right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the middle of, of writing a book uh, that is called Leaders of Leaders. And it's kind of dialing in, you know, what are the what are the things that leaders need to develop in themselves in order to develop other leaders? Um, and then how would they go about developing other leaders? And uh, I'm just really excited because I know in four, four or five years, you know, my time with Living.Fit will be done. I'll have, I'll have uh, hopefully hired myself out of my own position right. there. And, and then that thing will be running on its systems and, and on its personnel that it has. And, and I'll probably... Uh, be you know, moonlighting uh, as a special forces experience cadre member. The I'm the chief of, of physical strategy with them, but then my all, you know all of my efforts going to be in leaders of leaders and something that I'm deeming the leadership ranch. So basically taking the ten acres that I have and making it a training ground to then go out into the wilderness and kind of experience some some trauma of our own, but to really glean and learn developing yourself as a leader and developing other leaders. So yeah, that's awesome, man. So you got a few things on the plate is basically what you're telling me. Yeah. Always. I don't know how to (laughs) not do it. I, uh, Luca, Luca, I I had a podcast with him and he, and he was like, he was like, Oh, you're like me. You don't know how to say no. And I was like, "Ah, I know. Yeah. I I mean, I do, I do say no, but probably not as much as I should. I I love it, man. I I know. I'm the same way. I love having a lot of stuff going on. So Aaron, you've been amazing to chat with today. Really appreciate you taking the time. Where can my listeners find out more about you and all the great stuff you have going on? Check out living.fit, of course, and just that, right? Everybody's like living.fit.com. Like, no, 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 just living.fit. That's it. Specialforceexperience.com or uh, wayoftrials.com. And that'll take you kind of to the same place and then you can figure it out from there. And then I've got uh, leadersofleaders.org. But again, remember, it's a passion project. It's kind of like Down the uh, really built out as a, as a business model. But yeah, and on Instagram, Aaron Guyette, Leaders of Leaders, Battle Rope Exercises, um, any one of those things, you'll, you, you could see, see some of my stuff and some of my areas that I teach. I love it, man. Well, I'm, I'll make sure we get all those links in the show notes. But again, Aaron, man, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. This was really great. 
Mike, it was an honor to be here. I'm super pumped. Um, I'm super pumped that we could do it virtually too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, this was great, man. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Okay. Yeah, you too. All right, my friends, that does it for this week's show with Aaron. Sincerely hope you enjoyed it. Like I said up top, Aaron's message just really resonated with me. He's just a really authentic, transparent dude. Obviously a pretty darn successful dude, but somebody that I really enjoyed chatting with, and I hope his philosophy and his message resonated with you as well. Now, before you go, I've got one of two asks for you. Number one, if you're not already a subscriber, what are you doing, friend? Take two seconds out of your day. Go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, maybe even Spotify. I don't know, even know all the places the show is at now. But take five to ten seconds out of your day, subscribe to the show so that you'll know each and every week when a new episode drops. Number two, if you're already subscribed, thank you. I appreciate it. Now, please, I'm going to ask something I really need. One to two minutes out of your day, go to the iTunes store, give me a rating, give me a review. Ratings and reviews are a surefire way to make sure that more people get exposed to the show and ultimately more people, more trainers, more coaches that get exposed, the better our industry is going to be. So two minutes out of your day can make a massive impact on young coaches and trainers that haven't seen the show yet. So my friend, as always, thank you so much for your support. I truly love and appreciate you. And we'll be back soon with our next episode. Take care.